2: There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
3: I'm not sure who's had more jobs, Seton or Pauly, or who's had more interesting jobs, Seton or Pauly. But like Seton worked at the airport. Yeah. He was a postman. Yep. Okay. Those aren't exciting. Delivered flowers. Yeah. I was a security guard. I worked at a pharmacy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, but... Paulie was a bouncer. Yeah.
4: DJ at a country western nightclub.
3: And you sold beer at Scottsdale Stadium. Gosh, is that not the dream? I know. Miller Light. I could use one right now. Times change, but you can always enjoy the great taste of Miller Light. Tastes like Miller time. Miller Lite, get it delivered to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces.
1: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Final hour on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. The great Brent Musburger will stop by. He's the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders. What's different about the Raiders this year as opposed to the last couple of years with John Gruden? So we'll talk to Brent Musburger. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at Show McLovin, we have a poll question for the final hour.
5: Okay, the first two hours was surprising. If you could add one of these uh, veteran quarterbacks, who would you add? Nick Foles, Cam Newton, or RG3? 80% say Nick Foles and then 19% Cam Newton, and then 1% RG3.
3: I would take Nick Foles as well. If I'm Washington right now, and I could have my choice of these three, I would take Nick Foles.
5: I would think Cam would be a great option, too, though. For you
3: know, Well, the... let's put it this way. His former coach, Ron Rivera in Carolina, is the head coach in Washington, and he's not bringing him in. All it takes is one phone call. I just think Ron Rivera knows that he is not the passer that he needs for this this team right now. But they have weapons, good running back, couple of really good wide receivers. Um, I, I think he realizes that what their offense is uh, that you know. Can I? Nick Foles is more like Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I could plug him in, and he could you know pick up the system, and I think he would be an improvement. RG three, I don't want. Uh, I know he's only like thirty one. Isn't that amazing? Like when our G3 started and we watched what he was doing that first year and we're like, oh, my God, like he's got high-end track speed. He made the Pro Bowl. And we were thinking, here's the future of the NFL. It wasn't that long ago. He's only 31. And now he's a broadcaster for ESPN. I was wondering with uh, Manning Night Football, will we see this in other sports? Would NBC try this on Sunday night? Well, there's only one Peyton Manning. I mean, he's, he's the unicorn. Everybody wanted to get Peyton Manning. Oh, Peyton Manning as your analyst. So Peyton does it with his brother. We love to imitate. Now everybody's looking for the next Tony Romo. Well, you're not going to find the next Tony Romo. I don't think Peyton's going to do this much longer. He might be doing it, having fun. I think he's going to try to get into ownership with the Denver Broncos, but you now while he's doing this, I think somebody's going to go. Who can we bring in? Because ESPN has had the mega cast where they'll bring in coaches and then they'll sit around the table and watch the game. Uh, the NBA has tried this. Uh, Bill Simmons seven years ago did this, called Ride along with Jalen Rose. So Bill was ahead of the you know the the curve on this. But like how many how many what baseball player would you? Would you want sitting around with somebody? What basketball player like LeBron's the only guy? It feels like maybe Steph Curry, maybe because they tried to do this with Kevin Garnett, who's got a ton of personality. You know, TBS did this like the players lounge and that didn't take off. Yeah. See, it's sort sort of like the white whale that every network or
6: content provider has been trying to figure out, but it feels like the Manning brothers Are the closest it's come to getting it right
3: you're trying to imitate the business is all about imitation it's somebody does something somebody else goes oh i want to do that too let's try to get that kind of personality espn's been trying to replicate inside the nba for 20 years you can't and i even told them when i was there we can't be that because you know why they have charles barkley there's only one charles barkley and then they bring in Shaq. Okay, there's only one Shaq. Kenny Smith. There are a lot of Kenny Smiths out there, but Kenny works in that group with them, knowing his role. Ernie Johnson. There's one Ernie Johnson landing the planes there. Don't try to replicate that. I thought ESPN with their you know Game Day with uh, the NFL Show Countdown. They were trying to be like Fox was, or is with Terry Bradshaw. And and Howie, you know, when they uh, Chris Collinsworth was on there and they had Jimmy on there, like they were trying to be that. And like College Game Day, Fox is trying to be College Game Day. They can't be. You know, you can have names on there, but it's chemistry on there. Nobody knew Kirk Herbstreet. I mean, he and Fowler are really good friends. Lee Corso, nobody knew about Lee Corso. He wasn't a big name coach. But it worked, and you try to replicate that, and you can't. You know, imitation, greatest form of flattery. But also, it can be pretty tough in this business, and that's why I don't see anybody else being able to do this. If Tom Brady decided when he retired he was going to do one of these, where he sits around with who Gronk? Okay, I mean, I'd watch that, and then you have guest on. I'd I'd be curious. Um, you know, if he had a, a defensive player on, I'd, I'd be curious about that. But they're 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 going to try to do it, but you can't because Peyton and and Eli together. First of all, you got two brothers, Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, and then the chemistry is what you can't replicate, and that's what. You know, everybody tries to do, and and they're not going to be able to do that. But that won't stop them. There'll be other networks that try to do this. Yeah, Paul.
4: You mentioned who would you do for the NBA. I, it would have been Kobe Bryant for me. Yes. Kobe Bryant was as, as intelligent as anybody. He can break down anything in the moment. Yep. And he played against everybody. He played against Jordan. He played against LeBron. He encapsulated two generations of NBA. He would have been perfect for this kind of second screen role.
3: It's the science of it that Kobe ate up, that he loved. He loved breaking things down. He loved trying to understand, like, how do you do that? I want to learn how to do that. And, and, and that kind of obsession is what Peyton has. And, you know, the show details on ESPN is great because it allows you to kind of go into the lab with these athletes and, and find out what, what they see and how, how they approach it, what makes them tick. Kobe would have been one that you could tune in and that would have been good TV because he would have given you, he would have he would have been great at breaking things down. Plus the guests that he would have wouldn't necessarily be basketball guests because he had so many different interests. I think it'd be great. You know, and Peyton and Eli are going to get any guests that they want. Yeah, McLevin. Mm-hmm.
5: What did you think of uh, TNT hiring Wayne Gretzky as a centerpiece of their studio show, trying to be inside the NBA for
3: hockey? Because
5: he's the biggest star there ever
3: was. Yeah, but he doesn't move the needle from the standpoint of, you know, is Wayne going to say something? Wayne is such a, he's such a great ambassador for the sport. But Wayne is like Joe Montana. I just... Are they going to say anything? What you, like, are you going to say something that makes some headlines? I mean, that's the key. When you think of these shows... You know, Peyton says something. It can be headlines. Barkley says something. Shaq says something. How many guys do you are you getting headline worthy material out of? Wayne's just a guy who loves the the sport and is a great ambassador. But is he going to can can he break down how you know, an offensive-minded player thinks, what you think. Because it felt like Wayne was so instinctive that I don't know if he could explain how he did what he did. I, I asked John McEnroe many, many years ago. I said, can you explain what you do? And he didn't know how to do it. He, he said, I don't, I don't think about it. I just do it when I, when I play. And Joe Montana, Joe's a wonderful guy. But he, you know, they tried him as a broadcaster. It didn't work. You know, Joe Namath. Joe Namath, one of the most charismatic guys we've ever had in the NFL. It didn't work as a broadcaster. Yeah, Todd.
0: And they're so soft-spoken. Like you are saying, they're nice guys. Once you get past the, uh, you know, wow, look, they got Wayne Gretzky on set or Joe Montana set. Once you get past the name value and it's time for the content, we've had them on the show, we've seen them in interviews, they're just very soft-spoken guys. Yeah.
3: But that's their personality. You know, Peyton has got that, I can jab you. I got a great sense of humor. Uh you know, he's given the patriots grief. You know, he 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 gets up there at the Hall of Fame and he pokes fun at Ray Lewis from the previous Hall of Fame speech that took forever. Like he's really really good at that. Um Aaron Rodgers might be that kind of guy. I could see Aaron Rodgers being able to do something like this. By the way, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, he was on the Pat McAfee show yesterday and uh he didn't call out anybody by name. I think I know who he's talking about when he said this.
4: It's absolute horses- to give a platform to people who have no idea what they're talking about. As far as my mental state and you know my focus, my work habits, people that have not been around me, uh, they're not in my life. I don't have communication with them. or not in the locker room. That's just, it's chicken you know, it's, it's so ridiculous.
3: That's Aaron Rodgers yesterday on Pat McAfee's show. I think he might be talking about Jermichael Finley, the former Packer tight end, I think spent six or seven years with Green Bay. And uh, he had this to say recently about Aaron Rodgers on ESPN radio.
7: This the National Football League. Each offseason, you got to work like it's the last season. And I just don't see a work ethic in Aaron Rodgers that I have in previous years. And uh, actually... You can see it right through his his helmet. The eyes and the face tells everything of the personality. And uh, I just don't see it, that NFL hunger and and just feel hungry to go win another championship. I just think it's cliche and talk um, that that guys get up there and say, oh, I want to win a championship. It sounds good, but I want to see what you do on the field.
3: Okay. I mean, that's Jermichael Finley's opinion. But how does he know who Aaron Rodgers is? Or in the off-seas. Just because you see him with a uh, a new girlfriend or fiancé, he's uh, partying with Miles Teller in Hawaii and, and his wife. Like, it it doesn't mean that Aaron Rodgers doesn't care. Like, Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go, I'm going to mail this in. I might be embarrassed this year. I mean, come on. J.J. J. Watt posts more pictures than anybody. Does anybody question his desire to want to be great? Yeah, see...
5: Does he really think that when Aaron Rodgers says he wants to win a Super Bowl, that he's lying? I don't know. That he, that he doesn't actually want to.
3: Nobody cares about Jermichael Finley. But he speaks up like this. He stands out in the crowd. Now, all of a sudden, you give him a platform, and he's trying to make a name for himself again. Okay. you know, Does he want to go into the broadcast business or you know be a hot take guy on ESPN? Maybe. Maybe that's what he's doing. Because if he came out and said what... If he's like A.J. Hawk, former Packer teammate, A.J. Hawk doesn't say this. But does Jermichael Finley, if he came out and said, Aaron, hey, he's a great guy, great teammate, blah, 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 blah. Nobody, then he doesn't get picked up anywhere. There's no clicks. There's no nothing. Jermichael Finley, I don't know if he really believes it, but uh, I don't, (laughs) let's put it this way. I don't think Aaron Rodgers truly believes that Jermichael Finley believes what he's saying about Aaron Rodgers. Because there are a lot of guys. I mean, if we're going to go back and, uh, you know, going to have a report card here on all the analysts. People who do this for a living. And we started taking inventory and going, wait, you said that. And you said that. Rob Domofsky covers the Packers. He's covered the Packers for decades. He said there's a 5% chance that Aaron Rodgers comes back. I don't cover the Packers. And I don't pretend to, but I told you Aaron Rodgers is coming back. Didn't know what it was going to feel like, look like, but he was going to come back. Do I think he's there next year? I don't. Do I think that they should have traded him in the offseason? I do. But the reason why they didn't is simple. Jordan Love was not ready. If Jordan Love was ready the Packers know the best business decision would have been trading Aaron Rodgers after winning the MVP. It might hurt, might sting a little bit, fans might not be as receptive to Jordan Love, might not give him some patience there, but it would still be the smartest move because I can trade him, I can get a lot for him, we can dictate where we want to send him, and I got Jordan Love ready to go, and now I got my next quarterback. That's that's it. That's what this is all about. All right. You take a break here. By the way, uh, the Peacock original, Dan Brown's The Lost Symbol. Make sure you uh, go to Peacock. It's only available on Peacock, PeacockTV.com, and uh, you'll be able to uh, sign up. I also have a a new podcast. It's called That Scene. second year that we're doing it. Uh, This episode is with Julia Stiles. Uh, She's, of course, in the Bourne movies. Ten Things I Hate About You. And uh, there was a scene where we talked about where she reads a poem about Heath Ledger. And here's a clip.
2: And I did not expect that I was gonna start crying. It was just a combination of where I was at the time we were finishing, that was one of, towards the end of filming. And it had been such a huge thing for me and such a wonderful experience. And maybe I was sad that it was ending or I'm a bit of a romantic at heart too. So something about the poem connected with me that I did not expect to start crying.
3: We talk about a variety of things, including uh, performing stunts in the Bourne movies, how, most, uh, how she almost uh, died off early, she was supposed to, and uh, you know, the rest of the interview can be heard at Amazon.com slash that scene. Yes, McLovin?
5: Did my name come up? <laughs> no. You don't remember the how I almost dated Julia Stiles' story? Okay. How true is that story? <laughs> By almost dating, I said hello to her at a concert, and it was we had eye contact. Now, I don't know if it was like that kind of eye contact, but we definitely said hello. Sounds like sparks flew, just saying. Sparks, I mean, honestly, like, good thing there was not dry wood around, because there was fire about to light. What was the concert you were at? It was a Strokes concert at Bowery Ballroom. Okay. And she was walking out, and me and my three friends were there. And we all just we. It was one of those things where the crowd pointed her right towards us, and we were all look her, We go, hello. She goes, hello. And she pauses for us to say a follow up line. Nothing comes out of Yay. all three of our mouths, and she just keeps walking. She was at NYU or something. Uh, did she go to college and say something like that? She's from the city. Yeah, she was uh, a local, and I I panicked. But there was a there was something there. And by the way, like style wise, like you can see the connection. I see what there. you did style wise.
3: N- yeah, like. You know, she likes smart nerdy men, I I think. Julia Stiles, and uh, it's Amazon.com slash that scene. Yes, Paul. Can
4: you imagine she goes from Jason Bourne to McLovin? Yeah,
3: yeah. Easy transition. Yes, yes it is. All right, we'll take a break. Brent Musburger will join us coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show. We're getting older. We don't have to act like uh, we're getting older. I don't. I use M-Drive, the everyday supplement for driven guys who don't let age beat them. M-Drive's clinically tested ingredients support healthy testosterone levels while helping maintain lean muscle, giving you the energy you need to fight back against aging every single day. Go to mdrivedan.com. Try for yourself. This month only, take 20% off your first order using the promo code Dan. You're getting free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, nothing to lose. Just try it. Aging is inevitable, but slowing down doesn't have to be. M-Drive helps you perform at your best with top-level T-support. Join a community of driven men like me who refuse to let age slow them down. Visit m to get more energy, leaner muscle, healthy T-support your body needs, and take 20% off with the promo code DAM. 60-day money-back guarantee, free shipping, m Don't let age beat you. We find your prime with M drive. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern six to nine Pacific on Fox sports radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio radio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
6: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
3: Make sure you take advantage of this. It's Pauly's birthday week. Yay! Yay. (sighs) Pauly loves when people celebrate his birthday. He just doesn't like celebrating it. Two t-shirts, $49. Go to danpatrick.com. It's the Pauly birthday sale. And uh, also got a new tailgate package, a collaboration with a new partner, Sportique. So this is high-quality items, super comfortable we got a flask. we got a handwritten note from me. All available at danpatrick.com. Yes, Paul. I don't mind
4: celebrating my birthday, that 24-hour span. But again, not the three weeks leading up to it and the four-day weekend of celebrating my birthday.
3: By the way, uh, Tom Curran, our good buddy, has a uh, podcast for the Patriots. It's a Patriots Talk podcast. Tom Brady's father was on it, and Tom asked him about uh, when his son left the Patriots. Do you find
5: a measure of vindication for your kid? Damn rights. Belichick wanted him out the door, and last year he threw fifty-six touchdowns. I think that's a
3: pretty good year.
1: Do you think that Tom feels the same way?
5: Damn rights. Damn rights.
3: That's us bring in Brent Musburger, who uh, the legendary broadcaster and uh, he's the lead broadcaster, managing editor at Vegas Stats and Information Network. And uh, also he is uh, the voice for the Las Vegas Raiders hosting Miami on the Raiders Radio Network. Kickoff is at 405 Eastern coming up this Sunday. Brent, great to have you back. How are you? I am fine, Dan. Dan, did you say you're giving a flask away?
9: Yes, My sir. man. You got to send me one of those flasks for a period on the Dan Patrick Show. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, Mister Brady, he he doesn't mince words. I'm telling you, I hadn't heard that. uh That comment from him, I actually met him when uh, Tom was a quarterback at Michigan. Uh, Very nice. Very loyal, obviously, to his son, as he should be. But that uh, that sounds like a good podcast. How are you, Danny?
3: I'm good. Do you think we'll ever get the true story of what happened in New England with Brady and Belichick?
9: (laughs) I'm laughing because Belichick never tells you the true story about anything. I love him. I love him to death. Great, great coach. Uh, honestly i knew his
3: father who was in the united states
9: listen i'm so old i know everybody's <laughs> father you know what the hell's going on here
3: <laughs> what was abe lincoln like though brent that's what <laughs> <laughs> now there was a guy from <laughs> illinois you know what i'm saying he could have been a power forward
9: that big fella <laughs> uh
3: what's different about the raiders this year as opposed to previous years gus yes, bradley
9: um great hire by john Green. listen John Gruden is as good an offensive mind, Dan, as, as I've been around. And uh, he and Derek Carr, uh, they've been together now throughout this tenure, and they really work well. They, they understand. Derek understands exactly what John wants to do. But the defense was atrocious, and they were not well coached. Now they are. Gus Bradley knows what he's doing. In fact, if you look down at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the big thing that they had going for him, yeah, sure, they had Tom Brady in the office. But but Todd Bowles took over that defense. And that to me, that was the unit that won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, the the Chiefs couldn't do a thing against the Bulls. So now the Raiders have Bradley. We have a we have a decent defensive line which we haven't had. The the key thing is not just that schematically he knows what he's doing and he knows these other he knew talent and talent came to las vegas dan because because they like bradley kj Wright. let's just take kj Wright. he couldn't come to terms with the uh, seattle seahawks on a contract but he had played for bradley up there okay when they were the legion of doom and us uh, legion of boom i should say and then so he signed and he's one of our good line denzel perryman turned loose by carolina couldn't beat out the youngster and he wanted to play for Bradley. Again, you go on down the line, mm. and the key thing here is the fact that I, I will tell you that when you look at the Buccaneers, and I've mentioned Tom Brady a lot of times, it, it's the fact that he could get players to come with him. Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, it, and uh, Leonard Fournette, it was Brady who reached out to them. Uh, there, as you find out, if chemistry's good, if people like enjoy playing for certain coaches or with certain players – and uh, bradley's been the big difference that's that's why we're two and oh but everybody slow the roll two and oh doesn't mean anything you know our offensive line's got a number of injuries Uh, it was a great win in pittsburgh except the steelers were without defensive players and they lost watt in the first half so you know it's it's two and oh yeah it's very nice and they turned around after a monday night traveled three time zones and won the game but but you still got to win going forward. You know in the NFL, you've been around a long time, and, uh, and nothing lasts forever in that league. So we, so we shall see. It's a great start. It's fun for the organization. The kids seem to be really good kids. They seem to enjoy playing with each other, and, and we'll see what happens.
3: Why do you think Derek Carr doesn't get the attention that he should? Well, largely when the media
9: makes up its mind about something or somebody, uh, they're very reluctant to change it. And uh, he has struggled at times, and they haven't had a winning team. Uh, he's not flashy. Uh, he doesn't give you that, that great soundbite all the time. But I don't mind. He's a solid, solid individual, okay? I, I don't know of anybody I'd rather have uh, right here who's available. You know, obviously, there's Hall of Fame quarterbacks out there that'd be great. But I think, it, Dan, I think the media made up its mind early on. And uh, so it's it, it's difficult to uh, to change their mind. He have to win and get in the playoffs and make a decent run. He's not, you know, he, he's not a Lamar Jackson. I mean, he's not going to take over a game with electric plays and things like that. But I'll tell you, nobody's throwing the ball any better in the NFL right now
3: than he is. Talking to do, uh, Brent Musburger, uh, lead broadcaster, managing editor at Vegas Stats and Information Network. With how much information can you have that you can make what you would consider an educated bet? What
9: well, a good question. Um, you know, everybody decides when when you're a gambler, as I am, recreationally. And um, full disclosure, we're two weeks into the contest at Circa here in Las Vegas, where you pick five games against the spread then every week, and I'm five hundred. Five and five. We had about 4,000 entries. We've got about 100 entries, and I can't believe it, that are 10 and 0. I can't believe anybody is 10 and 0 against the spread. I, I think everybody has things um, that they make their final decision on. I'm, I'm kind of driven by injuries, and especially cluster injuries, especially the offensive lines uh, that, that I look at. You can never have, you, you still have to be lucky. Okay, let, I, I want to throw that out. There, there is no magic formula. Uh, and listen, if you're a twenty dollars better with your friend, or you bet dinner or something, you you can have fun. Uh, there's no. That's a great question, there's no magic formula. Before you call this morning, uh, I honestly was just kind of quickly glancing down some of the lines, and I see that the early line was that the Raiders were going to be a and point, now this was before they played in Pittsburgh, point and a half favorite over Miami, and I see now that they're three and a half. The bookies adjust those numbers based upon what they think the public is going to do, and, and so obviously uh, they think that the, the public's going to be betting on the Raiders as, as the week goes on. I am, I, I guess I'm a little surprised at how the league has embraced it so quickly. Gambling, that is, on the games, after being opposed to it for so long. I mean, my goodness, I, I can't watch ESPN or anybody without seeing a scroll down below with a with but, a number on it over under and everything.
3: But when you did the NFL today with Jimmy the Greek, did you hmm. ever hear from Commissioner Rosell about being <laughs> a little too overt with the gambling?
9: This is a very good story, because when we, um, Bob Wessler, and uh, there were only, uh, let's see. Uh, Pete Roselle had an attorney with him, and we went over to his office with Jimmy, Bob, and myself. So there were five of us in the room. Only five of us in the room. And I, I knew that Pete Rosell loved to bet horses because I would see him at uh, at Aqueduct and Belmont um, so from time to time. Wellington Merrill was always with him. So I knew that he understood gambling and, and, and was aware of it. And I was pretty sure he'd be all in on the Greek, and he was. It was, not, it was really a nice conversation. Right? But toward the end, and oh, we were there upwards of an hour, he, he looked at us and he said, uh, listen, I have only one request to make. And every one of us, us three from being from CBS, knew that when Pete Rosell asked us for one request, it wasn't any request." this is how it was going to be done. He (laughs) said, I don't want you to say minus three or plus seven or minus 10. uh, So, but otherwise, go ahead, talk about it. And I thought to myself, my heart sunk. I said, oh my goodness, how do you do this without saying that? And it was on the walk back to CBS that the the Greek and Bob and I decided to try the checkboard and that people would understand that if all the checks were lined up on one side, it was going to be a big win, okay, and you could go ahead. But if it was like, you know, back and forth, this team's offense is better than that other team's defense, then down by the three, or maybe you want to jump on the underdog and things like that. So we use that. And and to tell you the truth, Roselle never, ever complained about anything. Uh, He was always very, very nice, very, very complimentary to the Greek the only time that I ever got a call, but it never came from the NFL. It always came from uh, CBS and was at the end of the NFC championship. We were then the NFC network at CBS. But at any rate, I would always ask the Greek, Greek call, call your buddies in Vegas. Give, give me the line for the Super Bowl. and And I always had it going forward. I always knew what it was going to be, depending upon who would win the game. And I would throw it out at the end. I always thought people were interested in the number, whether they gambled or not. And I knew I was going to get a call on Monday morning. I you can't do that, Brent. You can't. And I, Oh, my goodness. I forgot. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> and then next year, I do it all over again. You know what I'm saying? My man.
3: <laughs> I saw where well, there's a book out on the NFL Today, the show that you started back in the yeah. 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I think it's called You're Looking Live. Are you aware that there's a book on the history of the NFL Today show on CBS? No,
9: I, I know nothing about it, to tell you the truth. So, so I'm, I'm assuming that I'm going to get quick. Hey, listen, I know you have no clue about even who wrote it, but if the dude sends me a free copy, you know, I might read it. Okay, okay but
3: what what? how much drama was there back then that they're going to write a book about it? Well...
9: There was drama, certainly, between the Greek and Phyllis George. There was no there no doubt about that, okay? Because we only had 22 minutes of content, Dan. And the Greek, the Greek was always pissed if he uh, thought he wasn't getting enough time or I was paying too much attention to Phyllis. And uh, thank God for Irv Cross, by the way. My goodness. He was uh, Mr. Stability. Of course, I knew him from... Uh, being with him at Northwestern when he, when he played for Eric Parsigan. a lot of people don't realize that Eric started Miami of Ohio, came to Northwestern before he ever went to uh, Notre Dame and became a Catholic. Can you imagine that? There's uh, my favorite Presbyterian <laughs> coach at Northwest and he became a Catholic. <laughs> no, Eric was a great, great friend of mine later became a broadcaster with it. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I know nothing about the book. And in fact, your producer, I didn't even know there was one coming out until he just told me in a text. So I don't, But who knows? Maybe somebody ran into me over a couple of whiskeys
3: and I thought, I don't know. (laughs) Well, they talk about, I guess, a post show altercation with you and the Greek where he took a swing at you? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, baby. (laughs) I get that's how I do it. My brother was sitting in my,
9: we were in a booth, and uh, the Greek was hacked about the lack of time. And he came in alone, and uh, obviously he'd had a, other watering hall before he came to this one, and he he threw a punch at me, but said, listen, it was like he tapped me on the back to tell you the truth, but my brother dove across that table after the Greek and, the, and and the Greek backed up to the bar, grabbed a bottle used to, and he smashed the bottle like you know the old time saloon fight he'd smashed the bottle like right? the smartest guy in the room Dan, by far, the smartest guy in the room was a bartender. He turned the lights off. It plunged the entire place into <laughs> darkness. Okay, so the, by the time the flashlights came out, you know, people were at opposite ends of the room, and that was it. It was it was over and done. And uh, and uh, so I got home. I was I was commuting between L.A. at the time. I was working with Connie Chung on the news, and uh, Dan Gordon Sauter was in the head of. Uh, CBS Sports, you call them. I'm going to fire that son bitch. I'm going to fire him. I said, hold on, my man. I said, because I didn't want blood on my hands over that. So I said, let me call you back. So, so when I talked to my wife, I had a few coffees, sat there and thought about it. I said, a Van, I called him back. I said, Van, uh, no. I said, I don't want the Greek fire. I said, l- l- let me think about something. We'll, we'll get this done. And so we... I went to Bob Arum, who was a buddy, and got my hands on some boxing gloves and a and a bell, and and we opened the show and and <laughs> like it was, it was more like a couple of brothers having a having a fight than uh, than a couple of antagonists. To tell you, oh yeah, but that was a hell of a night at that saloon. I'll tell you that.
3: <laughs> uh, it's great to hear your voice. Uh, congrats on your Raiders, and uh, thanks for joining us as always, Brent.
9: Uh, thanks for checking in, Dan. You and the guys take care. Uh, talk to you soon. That's, thanks, guys.
3: That's Brent Musburger. got the Raiders and the Dolphins. That's uh, Sunday at 4.05 Eastern Raiders Radio Network. He's always like that. Always. My man. Back then, that was a big deal. No social media either. But the Greek would always have like these big medallions. Like he dressed in this gaudy way. I mean, he played up the whole Jimmy the Greek. But Phyllis George would do a feature story. Irv Cross would give you sort of a breakdown on the, the game coming up and, you know, what the teams are likely to do. And then Jimmy, Jimmy the Greek had this, uh, both teams, and then there'd be check marks on who we liked. Uh, you know, running game, uh, the Browns, passing game, the St. Louis Cardinals, and, you know, intangibles, or special teams. Now it's 22 minutes. That's how long the, the pregame was. Now you got four hours to get it all in. Jimmy the Greek would love it now. He'd get his own half hour. Yeah,
4: Paul. Having Brent on the show is like having Frank Sinatra on the show with sports. Mm. It feels like you're talking to someone who's totally still has his fastball completely, yeah. but he's from a different time. Yeah. And he's like, he, he's never changed. Awesome.
3: Uh, I hope he never changes, uh, but he's got that energy. That's what leaves you. You know, when people say, you know, what's the first thing to leave you in this business? And I think it's the enthusiasm to do it, to do it every single day and to be excited to do it every day. And Brent still has that, you know, Dickie V, he has to dial it up, but he still has it. There, there are certain broadcasters that just, they still have it because they want to have it. And and it's so important. I think I go back to when Brent was talking about Joe Paterno and I asked him how long he thought that Joe Paterno would coach. And I'm paraphrasing, but he said that Joe Paterno was afraid to retire because he would die, that coaching kept him alive and 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 look it was it was kind of harsh in in how it sounded, but that's that's Brent that's Brent to me same way, and I'm wired the same way as well, where you just like this whole thought of retirement like that sounds horrible. like what do you do? I always notice the guys who have retired, they're at the golf course. All they do is sit around and complain that they're retired. I I would hate to do that. I mean, Brent's got his, how old's Brent? Is he late seventy. I think he's 79. I'll check. Yeah. All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow, right after this.
1: Bar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from.
6: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.
8: Let's go places.
3: Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow, this day in sports history, all of those goodies coming up. Doc Rivers, the 76ers head coach, was on first take with Stephen A and had this to say about Ben Simmons coming back.
7: There's been so many times this has happened that hasn't been reported and the guy comes back. So, listen, we're going to go through it. Um, We're going to always do what's best for the team. Uh, but I can tell you up front, we would love to get Ben back. And if we can, we're going to try to do that. You know, Ben has a long contract. So, mm-hmm. it's it's no, it's in our hands, and, and we want him back.
3: Okay. So now everybody's playing nice. Stephen A. did ask Doc about what somebody asked Doc when the playoffs ended for the 76ers. Can you win a title with Ben Simmons? Stephen A. re-asked that question today.
7: What disappointed me, and I don't, you know, I don't do this media thing very right. often. You never see me do that. Right. Um, it was being portrayed that I was out there saying, I don't think we can win with Ben. And I do. I, I told Ben that the next day. Um, what, what really disappointed me was the next day I went on and said, guys, I know exactly what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And no one heard it. They just kept running their narrative. So, you know, I've been in sports a long time and, and, I'm not rep- misrepresented very often, but in that case, I was. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, what? Ben knows, uh, Rich knows, and I know.
3: Rich being Rich Paul, his agent. All I know is when Doc said this at the press conference, then it it spoke volumes. Uh, Joel Embiid with what he said about Ben Simmons. Sometimes when you have a retraction, sometimes you don't mean the retraction, as much as you did what you said initially, do I think deep down Doc thinks he can win a championship with Ben Simmons? I don't. I don't. Or at least I. you can have doubt there. I would have doubt. That's all. Stephen A. also reported on uh, First Take. Now, is he reporting this, that the Nets were interested in trading for Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving, but Kevin Durant stepped in and said... You're not, no, we're not going to do that. Is that right, Satan? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I I didn't hear it because we're on the air right now, but um, there was Nick Wright, who works for uh, Fox Sports, for, uh, first things first, said something a couple of days ago about the possibility of Kyrie being traded. And Nick Wright reported that... Um, Kyrie would threaten to retire if traded. So maybe that is what's that was sort of simmering over here. And then it's come to the surface that maybe they were interested in getting Ben Simmons with the Nets and trading Kyrie Irving. Which is pretty interesting because if you're the Nets. Would I do that deal? I just have to know who Ben Simmons is. I have an I, I have an idea who Kyrie is. He's a handful. He's talented. You just wonder is it all worth it. Uh, Harden with Simmons and Durant. I'd probably do it. I'd probably do it. <laughs> hot 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 hot. hot. Uh-huh. And I know that we talk about, oh, there's never been an offensive force like this with, you know, three guys like this with with uh, Durant and Harden and Kyrie. And, and I understand all of that. But you don't need all of that firepower. Um, as great as some of these, you know, offensive weapons are, and, you know, Golden State still needed to have role players to win a championship. You can have all that firepower. You got to have other players that fill in the void. And... Ben Simmons, he doesn't have to shoot. He can play defense. He can rebound. He can pass. I I take a little. He's still in the spotlight, though. Uh, man, that's an even bigger spotlight.
4: Oh, New York will be great to
3: him. Yeah. Well, it's Brooklyn. It's different. <laughs> no, it's different in Brooklyn. If this was the Garden, it'd be completely different. Yeah, McLevin.
5: But he can hide behind Harden and Durant take up all the yeah. energy.
3: Yeah, they can take the air out of it. Blake, Blake a,
5: Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge. There's a lot of guys yeah, that focus on that. Yeah.
3: yeah. You get a 25-year-old? Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd certainly... I don't know what else would be involved in that trade, but it's certainly interesting. Jesse in Los Angeles. Hey, Jess, what's on your mind?
6: Hey, DP. Hey, man. Hey, uh, as always, thanks for taking my call, and Uncle Brent is a national treasure. I love when you have the older guard on the talk sports and history. It's, uh, it's clutch because without those kinds of stories, my generation would likely forget but uh, DP, you have such an influential voice in sports, and sometimes you can say things like like uh, what you're saying. It just manifests, and that's why I'm asking you, you, as the show's resident Sacramento Kings fan, to please stop mentioning Ben Simmons trade <laughs> thoughts to the Kings because that organization is dumb enough to buy it and trade the young core we have. We have a potential lockdown defender in Davion. We don't need a guy who can't won't shoot the ball. And you you keep saying like bring ship him somewhere nondescript. And Philly already did, went down this road before. Like five years ago just shipping to Orlando like they did with Colts bunch of picks out of sight out of mind thanks guys
3: all right thank you Jess sorry about that um because if I could get Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald if I'm Philly oh yeah absolutely sign me up you might you know might be a little bit more involved in the deal but yeah that'd be good I like that Halliburton's good and Buddy Heald, I thought Buddy Heald was going to the Lakers instead of uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, this day in sports history, Paulie, you got one for me?
4: It's not a big one. Uh, That's what she said. 1934, the NHL approved a new rule. <laughs> All right, hold on. <laughs> that allowed uh, penalty shots, and I'm, not, I'm just going to leave it there.
3: Uh, Don Shula won his 300th NFL game on this day. Uh, let's. <laughs> it's a it's a reaction. What did we learn today? I'm going to start back left with Todd Fritz.
0: Recreational gambler Brett Musburger is driven by injuries, in particular, banged up offensive lines when placing bets. My man,
3: uh, McLovin. <laughs> what did you learn today? Dan Orlovsky and Mike Lennon are a couple, apparently. Yeah, they got married. Uh, Seton O'Connor. Dan Orlovsky actually admitted that other players were better than him. What a refreshing thing for an athlete to say. Pauly, what did you learn on today's award-nominated program? Watering halls and saloons. Watering holes, Yeah, going into a saloon. When's the last time you went into a saloon? Todd, what did I learn on the program?
5: Back to Dan Orlovsky. He thinks if the Ravens went with an empty backfield, Lamar Jackson just might run for 2,000
3: yards. What we learned, brought to you by the great folks at Mercedes SUV. The family proves that uh, they say good things come to those who wait. Mercedes-Benz SUV family proves otherwise. It takes no time. Set up a test drive at your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more, MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks. I appreciate your uh, support. We'll do it again tomorrow here. One more item as we close out the show, Panini trading cards. There's nobody better at doing this. Some of the things that they give you, the hottest rookies, the biggest superstars, all-time greats, only one place to collect them all, Panini trading cards the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick show, exclusive trading card partner of the NFL NFL players association. They have the big names. They have Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and a whole lot more. You got autograph cards, memorabilia cards, rare inserts, hottest rookie cards. There's something for everybody in Panini America packs. The week three matchups could have a huge impact on the football card market. How about uh, Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes squaring off? Kyler Murray and Trevor Lawrence face off. Jalen Hurts versus Dak Prescott in the renewal of a classic NFC East rivalry. Should be fun. Start or continue your collection now at PaniniAmerica.net. PaniniAmerica.net. The official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show.
5: at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that! Shoot that.